Well, hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. How are you guys doing today? Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is the Off the Bench podcast, and I'm glad you guys have joined me today. I, I want to touch again on the importance of Christians being engaged in politics. I got another email, and I've received hundreds of these over the years. I saw a lot of this in my run for Congress this sort of uh, lackadaisical, laissez-faire attitude that the church has had toward its engagement, its political engagement now for generations. And today I'm going to give you another reason why I believe Christians must engage in the political arena. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. you guys had a great week. Uh, we are still really in the in the thick of it, moving from one building to another here at the Homeschool Resource Center. And it's frankly, it's it's really exciting. It's fun to watch and it's fun to see what God is doing. And we expect really exciting things to happen. Uh, I think we're going to be launching an aviation program here at the Resource Center. We've got an automotive program, some really, really wonderful opportunities because we have a brand new facility with a lot more room in it. So uh, if you're in the Portland metropolitan Vancouver, Washington area, uh, come on by starting after July 15th and you can see what we're doing firsthand. And we will be doing a grand opening and I'll let you guys know about that. Uh, as we get closer to it and I can get something solid on the calendar. But thank you guys for praying for us. I believe, and you heard me say this, you know, probably a million times over the years, that education is the front lines of the cultural battle that we are facing right now. It absolutely is. And we may not see the angels and the demons that are battling against each other. Honestly, if we did, uh, I think it would change our posture toward prayer and also toward our place on the battlefield, but the reality is we are in an absolute uh, life and death battle with the spirit of the age right now. There are, there are only two kingdoms in this world. Uh, there's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, and we can be sure that both spiritual powers are at work consistently. One marches to God's orders and the other one follows Satan's commands. And what you see happening on Capitol Hill right now, what you see happening certainly in Washington state and California as we are poised to give over parental rights to the state. I want you to think about that. Uh, God said, you're either for me or you, you are against me. And our government is not for God, which means that it is absolutely pitted against God. The Apostle Paul was aware of the spiritual battle and was constantly in prayer for himself and for the people that he was serving with. And so I want to just talk about the spiritual realm for the, a few minutes today that I've got you guys here at the show. Politics has really become the domain of Satan. It really is. Uh, we, why? Because we ceded it to him a long time ago. We ceded it to the enemy when we decided that Christians don't belong in politics. We just, we ceded it to the enemy when we listened to pastors who were either uh, willfully ignorant of the word of God or misunderstanding the word of God. But either way, the result is the same. The church decided that it would get out of the political realm. And so the battle that is being waged for the heart and soul of this country is really spiritual forces at work. And this is how we get to know God, by engaging uh, with his word and asking him to guide and direct us, listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit. You guys are spiritual beings. You have a soul. 
And the question is where the, whether that soul is going to spend eternity with God or whether it's going to spend eternity in hell. Only one of two things is going to happen at the end of your life here on this planet. And for those of you who know the Lord, you have within you the power of Christ who overcomes every force of the enemy. And so as you guys go about your day to day, ask the Lord to open your eyes. Show me, you know, say, Father, show me what you're doing around me. Show me what you want to do through me and in me, in my children, in our family, from our church, in our ministry. And God will help you do it. Paul was very concerned with training up young Timothy, right? Timothy uh, going to take Paul's place on the battlefield. And he's trying to say, listen, dude, you're coming into some very difficult times. And Paul was really ahead of his time talking to us. I mean, we read the Bible today and it was like it was written for right now. Well, we know because the Bible is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. But this is what Paul said to Timothy as he was getting ready to commission him. He said, realize this, Timothy, in the last days, difficult times are going to come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. I talked about this just a couple of days ago about the snare of offense and how we get stuck with our irreconcilable differences, even in the church, and we do it over things that don't matter. Paul went on to say, a time is coming when you'd be surrounded by malicious gossips, people who didn't have self-control, brutal people, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they denied its power. And then Paul said to Timothy, avoid such men as these. Except for that list that I just read to you out of 2 Timothy chapter 3 describes most of our politicians, most of the people that are making decisions for us. And I'm talking about your city council. I'm not, I'm not just talking about uh, federal seats. I'm not just talking about the presidency of the United States or talking about uh, Congress. I'm talking about local politicians, local uh, houses of influence that Christians have really ceded the territory to. And I'm going to start because we're we're going to be coming into an election year in 2024. And I would like to see us choose to be involved politically and then absolutely make sure that the candidates that we're looking for line up with God's word. Think about this passage in 2 Timothy, because the prophecy that he's predicting is that society is basically going to love three things. He says, we're going to love ourselves. We're going to love money and we're going to love pleasure. Pleasure is what uh, John Money was all about. We've talked about this, the, the move into transgenderism and homosexuality and free sex and, uh, and, and free love and love is love. And, and we're so focused, I mean, obsessed with sex in this culture, obsessed with pleasure. And this kind of love is humanism. And it basically is the religion of today. My husband and I were talking about this as we were getting ready to go to work this morning. Just the fact that in America right now, we love ourselves. Politics is religion to the left. Politics is the religion of the left. That's why they show up to everything. That's why they care about it. And we have decided that because our politics isn't clearly delineated, like you, you're not going to read the word Republican or Democrat or right or left in the Bible, that somehow Christians should divorce themselves from politics. And the enemy is having a field day with it. The love of money, by the way, is materialism. This is the God of the United States of America. And when humanism is your religion, and it is the religion of the left, when your God is money, when all we care about is the pursuit of pleasure, then the result is nihilism. 
which is despair. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is describing. We've moved away from the teachings of the Bible as a nation. We've moved away from what the founders intended for us when this uh, when this country was formed. And I think that we're now experiencing the judgment of God. We're under the wrath of God. I was talking to uh, my friend Mark Spence on the show just yesterday, and he was saying that they're openly now talking about infanticide. We're talking about out loud about killing babies, not just in the womb, right? That's That was just the gateway drug. Now we're talking about killing them outside of the womb when they're up to a month old. This is wickedness. As believers, our allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not to a political party. Someone said to me the other day, well, uh, God doesn't care about uh, Republican or Democrat. I actually think that's true. You know what God does care about? He cares about good and he cares about evil. He cares about Christians actually taking a dominion in this world and being the salt and light that God calls us to be. And he never excludes politics from this. So when a Christian comes to me, and I've absolutely seen this with President Trump, I have watched Christians lose their minds over their loyalty to President Trump and be absolutely unwilling to see his flaws. Now we become more loyal to a political party or to a political figure than we are to the Savior. And then that person becomes the savior. And then absolutely, we've got a problem in Christianity. And so I'm not, I'm not denying that that's happening. It's absolutely happening. But you guys, we are Christians first. When I go to a sporting event, I'm a Christian first. When I am raising children, I'm a Christian first. When I go into a voting booth, I'm a Christian first. I vote based on what God says is right and what God says is wrong in his word. And we have huge issues coming up in these next elections, we are going to be determining whether or not parents have the right to raise their children as they see fit. And someone said to me in an email the other day, well, the the founders weren't Christian. They didn't have Christian principles. You guys, nothing could be farther from the truth. Listen to James Madison, the chief architect of the constitution. This is what he said. We have staked the whole future of American civilization, not upon the power of government, far from it, We have staked the future of all our political institutions upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves and to sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments. And yet, what's going on in this country? In 1980, the Supreme Court ruled that the Ten Commandments were unconstitutional. We are so far away from the original design for this great nation of ours, the Founding Fathers' dream for this country that it's almost unrecognizable. The founding fathers would be rolling in their graves at the way that we are looking at governance today. Thomas Jefferson made this statement. He said, the reason Christianity is the best form of government is that Christianity is the only form of religion in the world that deals with the heart. All other religions do not get to the heart of the matter, but Jesus did. The Bible does in the Old Testament. It says you shouldn't commit murder. But when Jesus was on the earth, he dealt with the heart. Listen to what he said. Jesus said, you have heard that the ancients were told you shall not commit murder and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. This is Jesus dealing with the heart. In the 10 commandments, we read, don't commit adultery. But Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, don't commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust in her heart has already committed adultery with her. Jesus understood that if you take care of the human heart, then you're not going to commit murder. If you take care of the hatred, you're not going to commit murder. If you take care of the lust, you're not going to commit adultery. 
This is why I believe very strongly that it doesn't matter how much legislation we put on toward guns. If murder is in the heart of a human being, it doesn't matter if it's a gun or a homemade bomb with an instant pot, that person is going to figure out how to take that hatred in his heart to full bloom and commit murder. These are issues of the heart. So Christianity, as Thomas Jefferson rightly pointed out, is the only religion in the world that deals with the heart. And that's why Thomas Jefferson felt the way he did. If our hearts are right, then uh, then we will choose men and women according to not just a political affiliation, but we're going to start looking at their positions, their political positions from a position of biblical authority. We're going to say, how does this line up with the word of God? John Adams, who was the second president of the United States, says, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to govern any other. Abraham Lincoln was asked during the Civil War, do you think that God is on the side of the Civil War? Listen to what he said. He said, I am not at all concerned about that, for I know the Lord is always on the side of right, but it is my constant anxiety and prayer that I and this nation would be on the Lord's side. As we look around the country right now, it is very, very clear that we are not on the Lord's side. Europe is not on the Lord's side. We have moved so far away from the founding fathers and their opinions about how government should be run. They based their public policy, by the way, you guys, on Christianity. The framers made powerful statements about Christianity and the necessity of it to remain part of government. Charles Finney, after his conversion to Christianity uh, while attending law school, made a strong statement about politics in America. The church must take right ground in regards to politics. Politics are part of a religion in a country such as this. Politics determines policy and policy shapes a nation. The church must engage in this. Pastors must be talking about political matters from their pulpits. They again need to speak the truth in every sphere of the, of the culture, not just speaking about things that they think are comfortable to them that they can preach a good sermon on, but things that make them uncomfortable. It's our duty to the country to take our faith and make it part of the public discourse. God's going to bless or curse this nation according to the course that we decide to take politically. This is absolutely true in our relationship with Israel. God said, I'm going to bless those who bless Israel and curse those who curse Israel. The Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. In Psalms, we read that when the righteous are in power, the people rejoice, but when the wicked are in power, the people groan. You guys, get off the bench. Start asking yourselves these questions now because people are just starting to run for office. And I have been meeting, many people now are calling me and asking me uh, for, you know, assistance or um, to pray with them as they consider running for different things, school boards and city councils. Uh, I could go on and on, you guys, about what's happening in this country right now. But we are a long way from where God uh, wanted this nation to be. And it's going to take every single one of us to push it back off the cliff. And so when you think about the spiritual powers that are at work right now, think about where God has you in your life right now. God wants you to be involved. You have within you the power of Christ who overcame all of the enemy's power. And our country is in a mess because Christians have allowed our nation to become this mess. We are complacent. 
We make excuses. We say it doesn't matter. A lot of Christians aren't even voting. And as I look around at what's happening in our schools, you, you don't have to go any farther than the school boards. We should start asking, we should start demanding, requiring character of the men and women who want to sit in leadership positions because it matters. And the laws that are being passed right now, which many of them, certainly this is true in Washington State, I think some of these laws are going to go all the way to the Supreme Court. But 5599 comes to my mind. If you live in Washington State, we are trying to get a referendum on the ballot. So initiatives are us taking the initiative, right? You put an initiative on a ballot to see something happen. A referendum is meant to to roll something back, to take that power away. And in the state of Washington, Governor Inslee has signed 5599 into law, which basically says that if your child comes home from school one day after being indoctrinated, you know, eight, nine hours a day for nine months in a row, for six years in a row, with just about a, you know, six week break in between indoctrination sessions, and now your kid comes home from school and little Johnny wants to become Jessica. And if the parents say, no, you're not Jessica, you're Johnny, the state of Washington is saying, hey, we've got a home for your kid and we'll take him away from you and we'll take it from here. It better matter to us. The church needs to be at the front of these discussions, not behind it. God's people need to be at the front of this. I am so happy to see parents all across this great nation showing up. We just saw it again in Glendale, California. We saw uh, uh, men and women of faith and men and women of conscience protesting outside the Dodgers stadium because we saw uh, gay men dressed up as nuns mocking the Lord Jesus. You guys, the Bible says that we will reap what we sow. God will not be mocked. And you're not here for any other reason than to bring glory to God. And God knew that you were going to be here for such a time as this. This is your time. 2023, 2024, if you're breathing, God's got something he wants you to do. And so with all due respect, you guys, you have access to the Bible. You have access to the word of God, the same access that I have. And so we need to start studying to show ourselves approved workmen who do not need to be ashamed, who can rightly handle the word of God. We should have the same clarity on this issue. When it comes to politics, we should be agreeing on this. Jesus came to set us free. He said in John 8, 32, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. It's the truth that sets you free. And yet we are living in a time right now where we are literally debating whether or not men can become women. And you know in your heart that that's a lie. And we are not called to live by lies. We are called to live by truth, the truth that comes from the word of God. And so you have a place in the culture. Your pastor has a place in the culture right now, and it is to speak truth into the darkness. And so Christians belong in politics. We, are, we should be at the front of this thing and not behind it. Look and see who's running for your city councils and begin to get involved. There are many primaries coming up for smaller seats. We call this an off-year election. So 2023 is an off-year election. And so a lot of times these races don't get very much attention. But I'm telling you what, these small races are shaping our nation. From the school boards to the city councils to the positions of mayor and uh, local seats inside of local jurisdictions, these are the men and women who are slowly but surely taking this nation farther and farther away from the dream and the vision that the founding fathers had for us when they founded this nation on the principles that are found in the Bible. And so the next time someone says to you, oh, Christians don't belong in politics, I would encourage you to ask them why they do not have clarity from God's word on this. My hunch is they're not studying to show themselves that approved workman who does not need to be ashamed, but who rightly handles the word of truth. That's my encouragement for you guys today. Keep your uh, 
keep your head screwed on straight as the as the elections begin to get closer and closer. I think we're going to see all manner of wickedness coming out of Washington, D.C. We're certainly going to see it in our local races for all of these positions because positions of authority mean that you have influence and we need to take back the political narrative from the people who have stolen it from us in the church and said that we didn't belong in politics. Nothing could be further from the truth. When God asked me to run for Congress, you guys, I was terrified. Listen, I don't know much. I'm not the smartest person on the planet, but I know the sound of the voice of the Lord in my life. And I know that he asked me to run. He did not say when he said, run. Many of you listening to this right now, God's asking you to run. He's asking you to step out of your comfort zone. I will be uh, holding in the course of next year in particular, probably starting around January of 2024, we're going to be teaching people how to run for office, how to raise money, how to start a grassroots campaign. Uh, Little Heidi St. John, you know, running against Donald Trump's endorsement and against, uh, you know, a, a really corrupt local uh, t- radio personality who I think lies for a living. We still got nearly 36,000 votes in the primary. That was the grace of God. And I think that God wanted me to see politics from the inside out. And I definitely saw it. And the thing that I came away with more than any other thing is the church must engage. If you live in Washington state, you need to be taking the sheets for a referendum 5599 to your church and standing in the doorway of your churches every single Sunday until we get the 200 and some odd thousand signatures that we need to get this thing on the ballot. We only have until around the 15th of July to make this happen. So I'll link back to how you can do that in the show notes. You can Google it, the referendum on 5599. You guys pay attention, wake up. God has you here for such a time as this. I appreciate you guys listening. Hey, if you are enjoying the show, uh, we would love it if you would leave reviews for us over at iTunes. Every single one of those reviews matters. We read them. And it helps us to get higher rankings. I know some of you are frustrated with Spotify right now. I continue to be frustrated with it as well. We're working with Spotify uh, with some of the glitches that we've been hearing about from you. So thank you for that. If you have a question or a topic that you want me to address here at the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. That's the very best way to leave a comment or a question even a question for my friend, Dr. Mark. He likes to come on the show about once every couple of weeks with me and we give you guys medical uh, uh, advice and encouragement for your everyday lives. This is our passion. This is what we love to do. I hope it encourages you guys to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. You were literally born for this time in human history. Have a great weekend, you guys, and I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.